I, I think looking back now, that was God telling me, like, hey, I've, you, you've done what you needed to do here. It's like, now I need you to go back home. And it's like, no, no. I was like, this is, I mean, this is everything I've worked for up to this point. I was like, that's, that, that's ridiculous. Welcome to Behind My Journey, a podcast that is for our community. In today's episode, I sit down with Colton Rains. His journey shows that your plan and God's plan may not always align, but regardless, God will always lead the way. Welcome to this episode of the Behind My Journey podcast. My name is Quinn Eaton, and I am sitting today with Colton Rains. Colton, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Quinn. You got thrown into the podcast by Jared Martin, so oh, yeah. if you have any hard feelings, please don't direct them towards me. <laughs> you can direct them towards Jared, but uh, but thanks so much for sitting down and, and being able to do this. We've gotten to know each other through the group uh, that we have called for now, the 20-somethings group. Mm-hmm. We're working on a different name for that, Yeah. but and I don't have any name ideas. I don't know if anything's been thrown around lately. Right? Uh, yeah, they've talked about a couple of them to change it, but I don't think we've said anything. I mm-hmm. think we're supposed to do that tonight. So. Okay, perfect. So, <laughs> but, yeah, we're sitting down to do this right before our group meets. It's kind of like our version of a small group, which a lot of a lot of different uh, groups in the church are already meeting. And so this is kind of our age group and being able to to meet and talk about the past sermons and really what's going on in our lives. And it's been it's been really impactful for me just to be able to get to know some people in the church that are my age. Uh, how, how would you describe the, the 20-somethings group if uh, someone came up to you on the street and asked? Uh, I'd probably chuckle a minute or two, but that's, <laughs> I think that's a good thing. But no, I, I'm kinda, I would agree. It's, it, it's good to find people your own age that are kind of going, because a lot of us are going through a lot of the similar things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, you know, we're just starting into life, and we're trying to figure everything out both, like, you know, in the, our cultural world and in you know our spiritual world and all that kind of stuff and it definitely it kind of gets jambled so sometimes it's nice to just get get with a group of people and even if you don't have two like spiritual discussions it's good to just you know hang out and be around other people that are good people mm-hmm. so and you've been going to the journey for about a year you said right mm-hmm. yeah i moved back from memphis about mid-July of last year, and I okay. started going about two weeks after I got back. So. And you hadn't gone to the journey before you left? No, I hadn't. I'd heard about it all through college, but I just never made the never made the jump well, to go okay. there. So. Well, now you're a uh, you're attending Journey Church, and you're also mm-hmm. helping with the production. So how did you get started with, with that, and what exactly do you do? Uh, well, so I just I run one of the cameras and stuff up there on the stage towards the back mm-hmm. of the auditorium, and I kind of I got involved with Journey was really when I moved back I was like well I was like I need to I need to start going back to church you know I need to that was one of the reasons I felt like I should go come I should move back home and mm-hmm. uh, my little brother and stuff him and his fiance they were coming here and I was like okay I was like when I left my little brother wasn't going to church so maybe this is something to check out and I came in one day and this was back when we were at the arts or my bad the CFSB mm-hmm. and uh, I. Uh, I was like, wow, this place is really cool. I went up and talked to Matt, and I was signed up for the What's Next Tour that, that afternoon, right the after. first time walking in. It's just, you know, sometimes you just sometimes you just walk in, you know, it's like, this is a cool place. I want to see what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And from there, I, about the next What's Next was, I think, a week and a half, two weeks out, and I did that, and I was volunteering with the production crew the next week. Wow. And, I've been here just about every Sunday ever since. So three weeks in, is that right? Pretty if much. I did the math correctly, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about that. So, that's yeah. pretty cool. I, I don't. My story's not as good because I started to, I started to attend the journey because uh, my my older sister went. And she invited me, and I decided to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the time I was still back 
in Benton. So it was okay. before I actually came to school at Murray State. And mm-hmm. then at one point, uh, to kind of bolster my resume, I put that I was a volunteer here, but I wasn't. So then I had to, <laughs> then I had to move quickly and back yeah. that up. So yeah. within a couple of weeks after that, I was volunteering here. So my, nice. like I said, mine's not as good of a story as yours is. Uh, well, I mean, I can't, I can't take full credit for anything. I was just, I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. And you know, I've always just been somebody who, you know, throws himself into whatever they're doing, just, just good and bad yeah. things. So oh. and I was like, okay, sure. I'll give it a try. And then they asked, like, hey, can you come next week? It's like, okay, sure. And like, can you come the week after that? Oh, yeah, sure. And then, you know, it gets into a habit, and you're like, okay. And then it's sometimes that can be a bad thing where you, you start to lose sight of it. But fortunately for my case, it was actually the opposite. I started not really invested. It was just kind of like here helping out. And then it's like, you know, you get around good people that you find here, and it's like, okay, actually there's – you start growing whether you like it or not type exactly. thing. So. And, and uh, all this stuff is really interesting because, of course – uh, like I said, I've gotten to know you and I know a little mm-hmm. bit about this stuff, but the Behind My Journey podcast is the entire journey, right? So yeah. we got to go back and yeah. figure out how you kind of got to know Jesus, how mm-hmm. you might have even placed your faith in him or yeah. or what your life looked like kind of growing up mm-hmm. whenever you were trying to find your way spiritually. So oh, what, yeah. kind of talk on that. Uh, how did you get to a place where you kind of knew Jesus yeah. Uh, personally? Yeah, so I guess you know, I was born and raised here in Murray, so... You know, they're of the eighteen hundred different churches we've got mm-hmm. in like a ten mile radius and yeah. stuff. I, I went to those. So I grew up in church and uh, Southern Baptist Church, just like a lot of people around here. You know, we were there every Sunday and, uh, you know, kinder going through there for, <clears throat> like through all the kids stuff and you know Bible drills and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I can't do those anymore. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, yeah, I remember I was like I don't, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I remember just one day, you know. Something just felt different one day at church. And I just was, I, like I, said, I was just a kid. I probably, I couldn't have been more than 10, 11 years old. And I was like, something felt a little different. And then I kept thinking on it and thinking on it. And later that night, I went and I talked with my mom. And then I called my dad and I talked with him about it. And I said, I don't know, it feels like something's calling me. And they're like, well, do you think it's Jesus calling you? Like telling you, I was like, it might be. And, you know, I <clears throat> talked with a pastor and stuff at the time and, I said, yeah. I was like, okay. And we kind of talked with it. I was like, oh, so it is, it's, it's God telling me. It's like, hey, here I am. Mm-hmm. Like everything you've been learning about as a kid isn't just schoolwork. It's it's me. I'm, I'm real. Here I am. I, I, it's like, I, I, and at that point, I was like, okay. So that's when I accepted Christ as my Savior and I was baptized. And I'd like to say from there on it was great, but <laughs> that's never usually the case. Sure. And then. I became a teenager, and like as every per, every teenager and stuff, they tend to put church as like one of the last things on their mind. Mm-hmm. And you know, you grow up, and then you start stop going to church as much and everything. You get your license, and so and a job. So even then, you definitely don't want to go to yeah, church on the weekends. You might sleep oh, in yeah. instead. Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I did that, and I kind of felt <clears throat> I fell back out of it, and then I. Uh, I had my junior year of high school, I had three significant losses all within about six, eight weeks of each other. Mm-hmm. And that really, that was probably a turning point in my life. I'd like to say for the better, but it wasn't. I uh, <clears throat> I kind of definitely drifted away from God spiritually at that point. And uh, whenever, you know, all that happened, stuff, I got into college. I didn't go to church at all in college and then <clears throat> go all the way through school and uh, graduated Murray State with an engineering degree in 2020, and that's whenever I got a job in Memphis. And mm-hmm. I was offered a job. Well, it was funny. I actually interviewed for that job like late 
late February of 2020. So right before. <laughs> yeah, so I accepted my offer, and then like two or three weeks later, they're like, by the way, the university's not coming back after spring break. And then, uh-huh. but fortunately, I still had my job there. I I went there, and ironically, it was the company I worked for was, uh, it's called it was called Barnhart Crane and Rigging in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this is it. This is the actual start of my life. I've, you know, I've worked this hard. I've gotten out of college debt-free. I was like, this is it. Here we go. It's time to start. And, you know, you ever want to make God laugh, you tell him what your plans are. (laughs) And so I get there, and I'm surrounded by this incredible group of people who are living this professional, like in the professional world, you know, taking on, you know, professional tasks every day, huge projects, and they do it all like <clears throat> on they do it all by faith and they're i mean they're they're they they don't shy away from it i mean their mission statement of the company was we want to provide <clears throat> a place for god's people to do his work mm-hmm. and to glorify him in everything we do so wow. it was, christ was very open and they said that from the beginning they're like if, if this isn't for you it's okay but just know this is what you're going to be exposed to and of course growing up I'm like oh yeah this is great like maybe best of both worlds and <clears throat> what I think God was really doing is he was sitting there showing me, he was like, you may have like tried to lock yourself out from me, but I'm still here. I'm with you whether you want me to be or not. Right. Type he was, he was <clears throat> present in that <clears throat> yeah. job where you ended up going, thinking that you were kind of mm-hmm. getting away from everything and yeah, exactly. almost led to him. So you feel like that was a sign from him saying like, hey, I know yeah. that you haven't necessarily been involved or plugged in mm-hmm. with the church, but yeah. this is how... A group of people can be like mm-hmm. I, I like to think of that as like it sounds like there was kind of a church there at the workplace right yeah the, oh exactly the, the i mean especially people exactly when you when you look at it like the church as a people then absolutely mm-hmm. it 100 was it was only it was really the best church that i'd ever found up to that point in my life yeah and because <clears throat> it was it wasn't so like i never like completely I, I don't want to say I ever t- completely turned my back on God but it was I wasn't pursuing him in any aspect I wasn't interested yeah. in growth I thought you know getting a college degree working on ridiculous amounts of hours and stuff working my life away that was considered a good thing and you're and that was good I was on the right path but in reality that was not the case I mean <clears throat> I think a lot of people fall into that aspect they think well they just put their head down and work hard their whole life that's what they're supposed to do and the unfortunate thing is, is yeah, you have to work hard, but that's not that's not everything. That's like mm-hmm. you know maybe twenty five percent, which right. is really hard to wrap your head around because it takes so much time. And and you mentioned earlier, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him what your plans yeah. are. So yep. at one point, it sounds like you're in a great environment there. Oh yeah. But what changes your mind for you to come back here and leave that position? Well, it was more of see, I, like I said, I was born and raised in Murray. All my family was here. All my friends were here. Uh, and you know, you move to a new city, a fairly decent sized city, especially for me, for somebody yeah. who's lived here their whole life. Memphis is a big city, yeah. Yeah. When during a global pandemic, so everything shut down, you can't the only friends you make are the ones at work because you can't go out and do anything. Mm-hmm. And even after that, you can't go out and enjoy any of those that time with them. And uh, so, you know, you're sitting there, it's like, okay, and that job they told us up front was gonna require a lot of work, which to me it was no problem. Mm-hmm. So I decided, I was like, well, if I can't go out and do anything, I don't want to just sit in my apartment alone all the time. It's like, I guess I'll just work extra. So, you know, I threw myself into my work there and did a whole bunch, all that stuff. And it was really, it was, it was interesting because I got to travel a lot with them <clears throat> in that one year that I was down there. But, you know, I kept feeling homesick and all that. Kind of, I was like, man, I, I, it'd be nice to just come back home, you know, go fishing with my dad or hang out with some buddies at the lake or, 
anything like that. But I kept chalking up to it's just homesickness. Like you'll be fine. Yeah. This this pandemic will lift and everything will be good. And <clears throat> you know, just you know, it kept gnawing on me, gnawing on me, and I just you know pushing it back. Like just you know, get over it. You're fine. It's no problem. It'll be it'll be fine in a little while. And then uh, I I think looking back now, that was God telling me he's like, hey. I've, you, you've done what you needed to do here. It's like, now I need you to go back home. It's like, no, no. I was like, this is, I mean, this is everything I've worked for up to this point. I'm like, that's, that, that's ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm, I've got a good job. It's like, I'm financially stable. I was like, this is, I was like, this is really good. I was like, and I've got the rest of my life to like start doing stuff and start living a little bit. And he was just like, yeah, I know, but they're not <laughs> supposed to do it here. <laughs> so how did, how did you, or how do you feel like God gave you that message because a lot of we've talked on the podcast mm-hmm. before with, with a lot of different people that I've interviewed that you can mm-hmm. hear from God in different ways some yeah. people through prayer some people through mm-hmm. scripture so how was it that so, you finally heard like God saying you need mm-hmm. to go back so for me it was with Memphis it was, it's only three hours away from here so I could I was finding myself I was making a lot of trips back home a lot of the weekends and stuff mm-hmm. just to hang out with them and <clears throat> just driving around all that, like later in the afternoon, really, really early in the mornings and stuff, listening to the radio a lot of times where I have some of my best conversations with God. Mm-hmm. And so I was just doing it, and, you know, I'm always thinking, and I realized, I was like, man, I was always so excited. Like on Friday, I was like, man, it's like, all right, three hours, let's go, we'll get there, this is awesome. You know, drive couldn't couldn't happen fast enough. You know, you get home, you get to do all <clears throat> do all the stuff you want to. It's like, of course, it was the weekend, so that also helped yeah, as well. Yeah, you don't have to work. <laughs> yeah, and stuff. And then, you know, Sunday night or early Monday mornings, when I was driving back for work. I was like, you know, just almost not really dreading it because, I, like I said, I enjoyed my job, but it was, it was just like there was just something not right. And the whole time thinking on it on the way there, I was like, something, something's just not adding up here. And I remember it was early one Monday morning. <clears throat> I think except we started at seven, so I had to be leaving my house at three thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "All right." So I got up and I was driving to, and I got about halfway to Memphis, and I realized the conversation I had in my head and with God at that whole time was, "All right, how am I going to tell my boss that I think it's time to go home?" And I get, and it just dawned on me, it's like, "Wait a minute." When did that thought? Yeah, come it's up? like yeah. I've been driving. It's like when did that thought happen? And then I realized, like, I've been driving the last hour and a half trying to figure this out, and I was like, "Okay." Well, hmm. interesting. So, I mean, good. My boss, I had a good relationship with him. He was a he's a great man. I I'm still in contact with him. I still talk to him every now and then. Ask how he's going, and he yeah. asked me, and <clears throat> I walked into it, and I said, I was like, man, I said I need to talk to you, and this is going to sound really, really strange, <laughs> and because I mean, he was, it was like great. They had given me my they sped up my training, got my training done early and stuff, and they'd already given me a slight raise and all that kind of stuff, like during the pandemic. So yeah. they had invested in me quite a bit and I I just told them, I said, Here's what I'm feeling. I said, I don't I said, I feel like God's telling me to go home. I said, and which <clears throat> I had always told him I wanted to go back eventually and stuff because they had a branch not too far from here. It's like I'd love to be able to stay home and you know work at that branch. And we had always talked about it, but it wasn't anytime ready. Yeah, I mean, we were looking at at least another year or two probably before Mm -hmm. that happened. And he's like, well, he's like, just how about just take a couple days and really actually focus on praying and talking with people you trust about what you think you should do. And I walked out of the room and it was like, I don't really need to do that. I know what I got to do. Wow. And it was whenever I I told myself that, there was a tremendous amount of peace that kind of came over me. And it was just like, you know, you finally quit resisting and you fall back into something. You, you basically you put your faith in God. That's what you've got to do. Because if you're looking on paper, it's 
on paper, it's probably one of the dumbest mistakes I've ever made in my life. I mean, I had, yeah. a, I had a really good job. I was like, I had a promising career and <clears throat> like financially stable. And it's like, all right. It's like, actually, you need to move back home where you don't have a job lined up, <laughs> anything like that. So I think, though, that it, it's funny that, you know, you say that that might be one of the dumbest things that you've mm-hmm. done on paper. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not what matters. What matters yeah. is, is how you feel inside and, and what you feel like you were led to do mm-hmm. and then being or honoring that feeling. Yeah. Because a lot of people will fight for a lot longer than what you did, right? Yeah. Where they're like, well, no, they, you make excuses like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm just being homesick or it's just yeah. a natural thing that I'm, that I'm dealing with. But <clears throat> and I, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's only right if we, and, and you can go ahead and, and continue in just a second, but mm-hmm. what do you feel like you were led home to do? Well, that's something I'm still kind of, I'm still definitely trying to figure that out, but it's... There's still a piece, though, right? Yeah, there, there's still a lot of piece. Like, whenever, like, I'm, right now, what I'm doing, since, I mean, I'm not doing an engineering job or by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, about two years before I graduated college and left, like, my stepdad started doing a bit, he started his own business and everything, and he was always looking for help, so I just, I called him up and I said, I, I, I'm going to be coming back home. I said, can I just work with you for a while mm-hmm. until I figure something out? He goes, of course, absolutely, I can always use the help, and that's what I'm doing now. We do tree trimming, tree removal, all that kind of stuff, but <clears throat> what's great is that, like, like whenever we had the kids' event uh, a couple Tuesdays ago, mm-hmm. and they're like, we need volunteers, we don't have anybody, I said, hey, I'm going to take half a day just go help out at the church because, you know, I can do that. It's like, it's just me. So even though I'm not making near what I was in Memphis and stuff, I don't have, I'm financially, I'm still financially stable right. for the most part. And that's it. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. Whatever. It wasn't, and it wasn't more I was an asset. I was just, Hey, here's what I'm going to go do. Cause I mean, you know, it's my stepdad. It's not my boss type, yeah. type thing. And so, uh, <clears throat> he goes, all right, sure. And I came here and it was cool. We had, you know, we had a few bumps and stuff, but we were able to sort through them and, it was it was really good. I thought everything went off pretty well. All the people were. It seemed like we had a whole bunch of people here. I saw a lot of people smiling. So that's yeah. got that's got to be a positive somehow. A sign, yeah. yeah. So, but I was like, okay, and it's like that being able to just do that kind of thing, just without any stress or worry, or you know, how many six days do I have? How many vacations? Mm-hmm. There's there there's a lot of peace in that. And you know, it just you know, it felt right because you kind of got to see you invest in something else, and you get to see that immediate return when mm-hmm. you see all the little kids running around and smiling and having a good time. It's like, okay, this is definitely worth it. Like, this is cool. So, so maybe you think that a lot of the stuff that you're getting to do through Journey Church is maybe one of the reasons why you came back because no, yeah, it absolutely. is a place where you ended up getting <clears throat> plugged in after mm-hmm. you weren't plugged in for a while. So oh yeah, absolutely. Do you think do you feel like God was kind of tugging you back in order to try to? to find this place in order to grow spiritually? Oh, absolutely, uh, 100%. I think it was, I think basically he was telling me, and like I said, I'm still figuring all of this out, but yeah, I yeah. think he told me to come back. He said, because he's like, all right, he said, it's time for you and me to get connected again, and Journey has been probably the largest tool, biggest tool that he's used to do right. that. And it's, and I think the reason for that is because what I found here that I never found at any of the other churches and stuff is it is, it's like, People don't come here because they feel like they have to. It's because they want to. Yeah. And whenever you get around people who are just genuinely happy to be there, it's not a, it's not a job. It's not like a well, it's Sunday morning. Better get out to the church house, mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, so and so is going to be real upset with us and all that kind of stuff. It's like no, it's like we're all just here and we're, <laughs> we're all just here. We've all broken and we're all just trying to you know find our own way through it. And it's right. a lot easier to do that. You can. You can see that peace of God in every single person here that it was harder that I never remember seeing growing up. Exactly, and that's that's what's really helped a lot. 
And I think the cool thing about your journey, your story that that I've gotten to hear so far, because I know it's not mm-hmm. it's not finished, right? Oh yeah. Because you have you still have a lot of stuff. We'll have yeah. to do a part two once <laughs> once everything kind of starts to fall into place oh, and it yeah. all makes sense. Oh yeah. But I was I was just sitting back and, and listening to everything you had to say, and it's really cool the communication that you have with God, mm-hmm. because a lot of people do think that in order to hear from God. It has to be through their pastor, or yeah. they have to be reading the Bible, or they have mm-hmm. to be doing this or that that's connected to the church. But oh, yeah. you mentioned that one of the best times for your communication with God is just listening to the radio mm-hmm. driving. And I, that, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I struggled with for a very, very long time. Like, I'm talking, it has been in the last few months that I have really realized that all those conversations I had with myself were whenever I was having the best ones with God. Yeah. Because I... I like I said, whenever I kind of, you know, turned my back on him and didn't ever pursue him, I was like, okay, what if I wanted to start doing this? And at first, I'm like, man, I almost feel like I'm locked out. Like, nothing that God did by anything, but it was like I've put up so many like walls and everything for me that it's like I don't feel like I'm in connection with God. Mm-hmm. Like something's something's wrong here. And you know, growing up in those traditional churches, that doesn't, in my opinion, that doesn't really help to reinforce that. Or that helps reinforce that fact. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like. Because you haven't, you, you know, haven't been to church. You haven't checked this. Yeah, off you haven't checked. Yeah. You haven't checked all those boxes off. So how can you expect to be close to God? And then, but I would come here and just hang out with the people that we were hanging out with, and just like mm-hmm. I said, they're just genuinely good people. I was like, I feel more connected to God here than I do, you know, checking all the boxes. And then it's like, it finally, it was kind of like, you know, smack upside the head. It was like, <laughs> exactly, like that's what I'm yeah. trying to get you to understand. And it was more in retrospect that after I realized that and I looked back, I was like, wow, those are all the, all those times that I thought I figured stuff out. It wasn't me. That was, you know, God telling me like, well, you may not think it's me, but at least I'm going to help you out Mm -hmm. here. And it, it was really, and and because of that now it's like that I've been able to, that communication has grown exponentially. I feel like now that I realize that's what it is, it's like there was almost a guilt there because it's like, well, you're not praying like you're supposed to. It's like, no, no, it's like I'm not, and that's something I'm still working on. But it's like wherever you go out, you know, for me, like I said, just driving around the lake, driving around an LBL and stuff. Maybe listening to music, maybe not. But it's like if you hear him talk, it's like that communication right there. In my opinion, it was just as crucial for to me as any prayer was. Right. So, or well, a form of prayer is what some people, like, I guess you could call it. Like I said, it's it's just been really interesting to to hear that because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people will be helped by that. That they, they mm-hmm. oh okay, well I haven't been plugged into a church. I feel guilty. I don't yeah. feel like I'm hearing from God, but you don't have to be plugged in to hear from God. You don't mm-hmm. have to be checking off all those boxes. Yeah. And so, uh, of course, you mentioned genuinely good people. Uh, mm-hmm. At one point, uh, I, I know that you were speaking about it as far as like the people at the church and seeing mm-hmm. them. But, yeah. but who do you think along your journey were some people that really helped you to kind of mm-hmm. uh, realize some of these communication uh, oh, paths yeah. that you have with God and really mm-hmm. just strengthening your faith? Who mm-hmm. are some people that come to mind whenever you think about your faith journey? Uh, Definitely my parents, because they were even, like I said, even as we grew up and drifted away from going to church and everything, and uh, my mom and dad, they got divorced when I was four, which a lot of people frown away from. I look at it as a blessing, because I got two half-brothers, and uh, uh, two half-brothers, two step-sisters, and another step-brother that I would never have had, Mm -hmm. and I just call them all my brothers and sisters, and but so and trying to split between two houses going to different churches just never really worked but the one thing they always made sure we understood is that there was a there was there was a god who loved us he sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins so we're forgiven as long as we accept it and 
since we're forgiven, we're to forgive everybody else. So they, they really drilled that into our heads. And even though we weren't going to church every Sunday and all that kind of stuff, it was something they always made sure they understand. Because I remember, I, you know, again in high school, I remember one time I came home so mad at somebody. I don't even remember what it was for. <laughs> and my dad, he, he looked at me, he's like, well, have you done anything to that person before? I was like, no, no, not at all. And he goes, well, what about so-and-so that was mad at you the lot of the week, but y'all worked it out? <laughs> and I was like, well, well, that's different. He goes, I don't think it's different. Yeah. And so it's just little things like that to really help you put things, they help put things into perspective, even though we weren't, you know, in a four-walled steeple building. So, exactly. And they were, they were definitely a big part of that. And then... I'd say like my, my old boss, my old mentor down in Memphis, they, they helped kind of, they didn't know it, but they helped kind of guide me through that just being, like I said, just being good people mm-hmm. and living by faith, just seeing how they lived and how they worked and stuff helped me realize, kind of helped me start turning back, looking towards the path and stuff that I kind of put my back, turned my back on for quite a while. And uh, there was, there's actually one other guy here recently that's really helped put things into perspective and he's just this, he's this guy that he follows us he he buys and or he cuts and sells firewood that's what the man does for a living yeah. and so as people me and my stepdad we cut down trees he follows us around a lot mm-hmm. and he's like okay he goes can i have that and we're like sure it's like you want it just to sell it you can have it and it's less that we have to haul off so it's a win-win sure. and you know we've got to talking and he's had a very 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 rough life and he he'll tell you and he he says yeah he said i've made a lot of mistakes in my life and he said but He's like, I'm forgiven just like everybody else, so that's why I try to forgive all these other people. And he has people who will come up to him and they'll, you know, just take stuff from him, borrow stuff, steal stuff. And he get, of course, he gets angry. But at the end of the day, he said, I was lost too, so I'm gonna. I said, as mad as I was, I said, this is. He said, it might be my punishment or whatever. He said, but I. He said, God's gonna take care of me. So he found God, and after hearing his story and. Being seen as forgiving as he can be, it's really it really puts things into perspective. That is, that's, that's really good <laughs> about how it is. That's and, really good. And just to kind of wrap up, mm-hmm. um, let's say that someone that's listening to the podcast, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that you've said today that's going to help a lot of people. But to kind of close things out, if someone was in a similar situation where they're in a, a particular part of their life where they mm-hmm. feel like they're being called to do something mm-hmm. else or to to go back to something or they're struggling to find that communication channel with mm-hmm. God. What kind of advice would you give to them? Uh, one of the things, I'm actually going to steal advice from a book that I've That's read fine. recently. That's what books but, are for. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that said everything, like, like we're almost as humans, we always look at stuff as being really risky. And well, what about, how do we do it? Like there's literally jobs, like ha- part of my job when I was an engineer was risk management. It's mm-hmm. like there's like literal professional positions on how to do that. And one of the things that this book like has helped me realize is like there's a reason you tend to be that we tend to be drawn towards stuff that's kind of risky, and the book says it's because without risk there's not much faith. Because if you really realize if you knew how the outcome was going to go, then why? Of course you would do it. Or of course sure. you wouldn't do it. But uh, I think God puts these unknowns in our life because it forces us to basically just you know give it to Him and be like, okay, He's like I feel like this is what you're telling me to do sink or swim I'm going to jump in and yeah. you're going to have to save me one way or the other and basically the only advice I can say is that you're just going to have to take that risk and jump 
And it's the hardest thing in the world to do, especially for someone like myself, who's a very analytical person. I mean, I took a four year degree that literally trained me to analyze every yeah, last right. detail and it, but it's at the end of the day is if you really want to, you know, be in touch with God, you've got to trust him. Mm-hmm. That trust is a two way street type thing. And so if you're going to, if you don't know what you're doing or you're risky or even with the communication thing, it's like, just give it, just give it a whirl. Just like try, you know, say a prayer, go for a drive, just start thinking. And you, you may not think it's going to happen, but give it the benefit of the doubt. And then what I've experienced is when you give him the benefit of the doubt, he'll usually show up. And of course, that's another great piece of advice. And all the stuff that you've said, I think it's going to be really helpful to the people that listen. And so I just want to thank you, Colton, for sitting yeah. down and of course, sharing your journey with the Behind My Journey podcast. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind My Journey. If you or anyone that you know would like to have your journey featured on this podcast, send us an email at podcast at Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And if this message spoke to you, please help us spread the word and share it with others. Until next time, my name is Quinn Eaton, and this has been Behind My Journey.